Thank you so much, Larry. So uh, before I start, uh, Sarah, Gabe, do you have anything to announce before we start third session? All I can announce is that we have to thank our Madam Treasurer here. She's amazing. She, she wears lots of hats, too. That's all I have to announce. I'll accept that. <laughs> thank you. Something for me. Congratulations on uh, door prizes and, and uh, have a good session coming up here. Well, I don't know if you should congratulate me just yet. This is my first time presiding over a session, so please bear with me. <laughs> I never, I'm never really nervous for public speaking, but I'm kind of nervous with this group right now. So, um, with that said, it's, it's, a, it's an easy crowd. Please, I'll be easy on you. <laughs> okay. So, with that said, um, I just want to say good evening, CCB. Welcome to our third general session. Um, if you are just joining us now, welcome. If you have been with us throughout the day, thank you for sticking around. Um, like Larry said, my name is Lisa Presley Thomas. I am your current state treasurer. Um, and what a better way to have me start a Friday night, right? So, um, to start things off, um, I want to um, have our invocation read. Um, and the invocation this year is going to be given by someone that I think I've known for almost 49 years. Um, so if you could go ahead and let's start the invocation. Welcome, everyone. I'm Liz Presley. I'd like to begin my invocation by thanking the Lord for his mercy in getting us through the worst time of this pandemic and for answered prayer and providing us with the COVID vaccines and with the hope of life soon returning back to normal. I'm sure that this year we're all especially grateful for the hard work and many hours of time put in by our board, our committee members, and by other members who helped out in planning for this event. I hope that everything went smoothly throughout and that God would bless them many times over for their continued good work. I pray that the Lord would help us in finding new ways to grow and that we would not let our differences divide us, but rather unite us together as one. Similar to how he has created our body, made up with many parts, each functioning together to keep us healthy and make us whole, so we too, as ACB, CCB members, should work together as one body, each being supportive of our leaders and of one another, and each doing our part and helping us to remain strong. I ask also that God would graciously provide us with the resources for economic and political gain, and that he would help us to be successful in achieving all of our goals for the future. I'd like to conclude by offering my own personal prayer, which is that by faith, all would receive Christ's salvation and be comforted by his eternal love, peace, and joy. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. And thank you, Liz. Thank so you. I, want 
I want to say, I don't know if it's so professional of me to say, thank you, mom. But, yeah, um, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so, um, yes, thank you, mom. I, we appreciate your invocation as always. Um, so what a great way to kick off session three. Um, let's first start off by doing our remembrances. Um, so at this time, we'll recognize CCB members who um, have passed during the last year. Uh, so if anyone wants to take a few moments to pay their respects, uh, please go ahead and raise your hand. Um, we'll take about 20 minutes and open up the floor. Do we have any hands raised? I don't see any. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, go ahead, Bob. Robert Acosta. Ladies and gentlemen, and our Madam Treasurer, our Chairman, Chairperson, we lost two great soldiers in our movement this past week, and some of you will know each one of them. The first one is Almer Chapson. Almer Chapson died last week at 96 years of age. Almer was a counselor teacher, which has disappeared, thanks to rehab, home teacher. And he helped so many blind people, newly blind, and by guys who were adjusting to blindness, uh, uh, make it. I remember when Albert used to tell us, somebody said, I want to drive. And he says, I wish I could get it back for you. But you're also a cook, and I can teach you how to cook. I can teach you the techniques. Almer had a tremendous sense of humor for those of us who knew him, and he was a dear friend. The second soldier we lost was another dear friend. Manuel Urena. Manuel Urena served for 30 years as the program manager in the Department of Rehabilitation. Manuel, I can say it now, was our army inside, our fifth columnist. Manuel was very loyal to the council, and if he got tips, which he got them before we did, we were ready when we especially took on Ed Roberts in meetings. He said, you know this before I do. How are you learning these things? Oh, I don't know. We have ways. But Manuel was a dear friend, and uh, we lost his lovely wife seven years ago. Uh, And these are the two that I want you to remember. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bob. Charlene? Go ahead. Okay, this is Charlene from the San Diego Braille Club, and we lost um, Jesse Flores. She was one that if we... I kind of wanted to have some fun or different things, and she was right there. And um, she was quite a character. Um, but we, we lost her just recently, about a month ago. Thank you, Shirley. Uh, Andrea, can we go ahead and... Okay, I'm here. Um, we lost an amazing woman, a member of our chapter, but someone that... Um, you is known throughout was known throughout the state of California. Um, last July 9th, we lost Bonnie Rennie. And Bonnie was a stalwart in CCB. She um, ran the senior blind committee for many years. She was a very prolific author and contributor to the Blind Californian. Uh, she was she served in a variety of capacities in our chapter. Um, she and her husband, Bob, who is still a member of our chapter, were always there to help us with whatever projects uh, were going on. Uh, Bonnie was 
a very special person. She was a social worker for many years, uh, both at Metro uh, State Hospital and also at uh, Norwalk. Oh, excuse me, that's probably the same place. Uh, Norwalk and also for the VA uh, on the federal level. Uh, Bonnie loved to write and she left us an amazing legacy of her written work um, that will take probably years to go through. Um, she was a quiet presence who did not ask for a lot of attention but she worked very quietly and tirelessly behind the scenes and we miss her every day. Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. Uh, Margaret Butchman Garcia with the hand raised. Yeah, this is Margaret. Good evening. Um, we lost a fairly new member to our chapter just a, about a month and a half ago. Uh, he was new to blindness a little over two years ago and moved to our area from Chicago and um, Dr. Uh, Salim Rashid, and he was getting very interested in working on advocacy and access issues when he was hit with a terminal cancer just uh, not even six months ago. Um, he wanted to go to his first CCB conference last year, and he participated virtually. Then he thought, oh, how exciting to go to hometown to go to ACB. Well, that didn't work out either, and then, um, but he did connect virtually with the different sessions. So we, we got to know him in a very short time and we lost him very quickly also, Dr. Salim Rashid. Thank you for your remembrance, Margaret. Um, I show next with their hand raised is Ray. Good evening, everybody. This is Ray Marcus from the Bayview San Francisco chapters. First of all, I'd like to acknowledge that we lost a dear member in our debut chapter, Lily Humphrey. He was so great and uh, fundraisers and her and her son would make and bring the food for us. And out of the kindness of her heart, she would make it and, you know, not be paid or anything. And what I really got most out of Lily is being on the telephone committee and speaking to her every month. And as every month went by, we just spoke longer and longer each month. And also, I would like to also acknowledge Elmer Chapson. The year that Elmer retired from the Department of Rehabilitation in 1988, that's when I first signed up. He gave me my first cane. He would always check on me. How's mobility? How do you want to start mobility? No. So he says, after I retire, can I still check up on you and see how you're doing? I said, sure. So every time Elmer would call me, I would still say, no, cane still folded, haven't called the department about getting O&M lessons, and he says, um, what if we meet for lunch? So for quite a while, for a number of years, we always met for lunch, and we'd be walking, and me being with my mobility cane, and always having lunch with Elmer, but um, thanks to Elmer, persistence, and the love that he have for all of us, that I was able to get my O&M lessons, so thank you. Thank you, Ray. Um, I have a phone number starting with area code 951 and ending in 411. Yeah, my name is Christine Bailey. I'm doing this on behalf of the High Desert chapter. They lost a member, Jewel. She was a very known person in their chapter and a Lions Club member, too. She used to take the group, help be a driver to take the the group on an outing. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
Susan Glass? Yes, good evening, everyone. The Silicon Valley Council of the Blind was very sad to lose uh, a member who was with us through much of, uh, well, from about two to two thirds, 2013 on, I think. And many of you will know her because she was in other chapters. Tamara Kearney passed away last August. She had gone back home to Kansas to live near uh, her mother. But before I tell you what happened, um, Tamara was just a delightful human being. She, uh, was a Braille teacher, a Braille transcriptionist. She traveled the world. She, in Australia, taught Braille. And when she joined us here in California, she taught us all about differences between uh, Braille as it was taught in Australia. When, I, when UEB came on the scene, she had us all gathered in my living room learning UEB, and then we were at our, our local Vista Center learning UEB. Um, she loved yoga. I have some fond memories of lying outdoors with her in the sun doing yoga. Um, she had a wonderful guide dog whose name was Rex. She um, was a member of both the NFB and ACB off and on throughout the years. She was a person who believed that wherever work could be done and people could put their shoulders together to do, do that work, they ought to do so. Um, she was funny. She was brilliant. Um, just a delightful human being. Um, she was uh, hit by a car last summer, crossing in an intersection that had a signal and she had the right of way. So if there's ever a testament, testament to why we need to keep working for um, safe pedestrian crossings, uh, that is it. Tamara is known by many people and will be missed by many. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Um, we have a phone number with the area code 760, ending in 137. Uh, yes. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Darini Dobbins from the High Desert Chapter. Uh, Christine already recognized her, but I was on hold. <clears throat> uh, I, was, I would like to uh, pay honor to my friend, Jewel Wilmoth, who was a uh, member for about maybe three years, not too long, but about three years, but very supportive of the chapter. And she passed away due to COVID-19 on January 22nd. And two weeks later, her husband passed away also. And so um, <clears throat> I'd definitely like to honor her and let the organization know of her membership. Uh, thank you. Phone number, area code 650, ending in 688. Hi, this is Bernice Kendarian calling. Um, on January 4th, we lost a longtime member. Uh, most of you knew her as Susan Henry. Uh, about three years ago, she became, she married Terrence Brennan. And, um, you know, she, she, uh, lived, uh, uh, she lived, she, well, she, and when we first met her, she lived out where she owned a horse and she loved to ride that horse every day. And um, then she moved into a mobile home, and living in the city was not her thing. <laughs> but she met uh, Terrence, and uh, they married and, and were in Lancaster, California. And, uh, you know, she used to come to many meetings, uh, uh, many uh, conventions. Uh, she was a diabetic for more than 45 years. And uh, what happened with her is that she... Uh, she, she she fell getting out of her shower and uh, and uh, broke a number of bones and 
and uh, it took her away from us. Thank you, Bernice. Uh, we have a phone number, area code 510, ending in 042. Um, yes, I, I have a tribute to Elmer Chapson by Julie Winters, pal to Elmer. It says, Elmer Donald Chapson, Rehabilitation Counselor for the Blind, 06 1625 to 03-1421. Tribute to Elmer Chapson. Elmer, it has been a pleasure to have been a part of your life. I was drawn to Elmer's wicked sense of humor and positive attitude right from the start. He told wonderful stories of the people in his life, introducing me to his blind community, the most amazing, resilient, competent, and positive group of people I've ever met. My life has been enriched knowing Elmer. I first met Elmer in the mid-1980s as he was walking a troop of dogs up our street, and I was driving down the hill. <clears throat> I, was lived, I just lived around the corner. We became pals, and I saw him or talked with him most every day for the last 14 years. Travel, long drives in the car, sharing holiday suppers, and kitchen table philosophy, but mostly our love of dogs was the glue. About seven years ago, Elmer and I were sitting at the kitchen table reminiscing about how much we missed his wonderful dog, Greta. Greta was cremated in an urn which sat on the sideboard in his dining room. I told him in the end I could make sure that Greta was with him. He liked that, and that is just where she is with Elmer. Elmer was an extraordinary man with an extraordinary life. He was also a fortunate man. He loved his life's work, his wife Lois, his home, and his friends. He woke up happy and went to bed happy. When you ask him how he was, he would say, just great, even when it wasn't so great. He loved life and I believe he loved his life. He would always say, life is good. So, of course, there's so much more to the story. But, Elmer, to you I say, great adventures, good food, good wine, good times with, with friends. Salud. You were so loved. And it was my pleasure to have been your friend and just a part of your wonderful life. I will miss you immensely. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have uh, area code 510, phone number ending in 405. Thank you. Oh, oh, boy. Dirk heart. I just want to remember Kathy Skyvers. I just learned about her passing last year, and I know she passed earlier, but I just don't want her memory ever. To leave our consciousnesses. She was just a giant for all of us. That's all. Thank you. Well, thank you for those who did give your remembrances. It's always nice to remember those that we've lost um, and that we've loved. So, um, moving on. I am happy to hand over the mic to our president, Gabe Griffith, for his president's report. Gabe, 
Are you there? Looking so presidential, I might say. <laughs> no, th this is just a picture. I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Um, wow. It's, it's always amazing to me to listen to those remembrances and uh, and just realize the uh, the folks that we've lost over the previous year between conventions and to hear all the tributes is is just wonderful so thank you everybody for that this is my first uh, convention to have the privilege of addressing everybody so Thank you, and welcome to everybody who has attended. When I look back at the road that brought me to this position, it's pretty amazing. Growing up as the only blind kid in my community, and uh, I've written and talked about that in, in other places, and the road that even brought me to CCB, and it feels like just yesterday that I was felt like a kid sitting there talking with folks like Gene Lozano and Jeff Tom and the Pomerances and, and uh, Frank Welty. Uh, the, I, I've told this story before, but Frank and I shared a room at my first national convention. I think he arrived on Friday. I arrived on Saturday and we finally met on uh, about Wednesday uh, because of our different schedules. Uh, but just, so many people getting to to talk to and just learn about this organization. Um, several years ago, as many of you know, due to my wife Becky's health, I chose to step away from CCB after being on the board, being president of my chapter, uh, chaired, I think, a couple of different committees. And I stepped away to where I think pretty much my only official involvement in CCB was that uh, I wasn't allowed to give up the chair of the Constitution and Bylaws Committee. I was still a member. I still attended uh, chapter meetings, but uh, really didn't have any official positions. Then Becky died in 2015. And at the beginning of 2016, I had autoimmune, was hit with an autoimmune disease called Guillain-Barre. It stuck me in the hospital for about a month and a half. I was to the point where I could barely, couldn't even walk, really. I, I had to use a walker even just to walk about 100 feet. And uh, after a lot of rehab, went to the 2016 convention. And I told anybody that would listen, I was not going to run for any position. Couldn't make me. And uh Somehow or t'other, I still blame the pain medicines that I was on. Uh, was talked into running for the last year of Judy Wilkinson's position as second vice president when she was elected president. I did that knowing that it would put me back on the path to possibly someday run for president. Then, a year or so later the position of first vice president came open and I ran for that realizing that was going to put me even closer, but you know, Judy still had a couple of, of uh, terms left. So I thought, you know, it's, it's several years down the road. Well, not even a year later, Judy announced that she was not going to run for another term. 
And so here I am. And uh, I still have to pinch myself realizing that I'm here. So it has been an honor and a privilege. And hopefully I can uh, help to make a difference. But really, it's not anybody, any one person. It's all of us together. So yes, I'm the person that's sitting in the seat of president, but it's all of us in CCB that have to work together to do this. And uh, one of the biggest privileges I've had as president is to talk to all of our members, either one-on-one or through the many chapter meetings that, that it's been my honor and privilege to attend. Um, we've, uh, it's definitely been a different year dealing with COVID. But one of the positives I, I see in it is that it has allowed me to attend all of these uh, chapter meetings and affiliate meetings that are meeting over Zoom. I can't even count how many I've attended, but I, I guess that I've probably in the last 10 months, I feel like I've attended probably at least half of the chapter meeting, chapter and affiliates meetings. And uh would be happy to attend any other or the rest, I should say. Um, that's my, it's my goal to be able to within my first term and hopefully not only term to, to attend all of our chapters and affiliates and get to speak with them at least once. So in my court, in the course of my time in CCB, as I mentioned, I've chaired committees. I've served in just about every position, I think, on a chapter level. I think I've served in every position on the state board, except for treasurer. And I, along with everybody else, should be happy that I don't do that, especially when we have such a great treasurer right now. Um, but, you know, so all of that, I really thought that I was prepared to take over as president. Then I got to learn everything that I don't know. Uh, a lot of it is just the day-to-day behind-the-scenes stuff, but I've been really lucky to have a great team that, uh, that helps with that. And with that, I want to thank all of those people, or at least a lot of them, because I can pretty much guarantee I'm going to miss somebody. First, I want to thank Nicole Pacheco, our office manager. She has really helped, I think, in the transition from Judy's presidency to mine and really helped with the kind of historical of this is the way we did things before. Um, if there's something that I didn't know or something that, uh, that we have to do, Nicole has been great in being able to help with those. So thank you, Nicole. Next where would we be without finances? And the person that knows the finances the best is our treasurer, Lisa Thomas. So Lisa, uh, thank you so much, folks. I can't even tell you how many times Lisa and I have either talked or texted. I think there was one time on a I don't remember, Friday night or Sunday night or something that Lisa and I are sitting there texting back and forth. And uh, you know, we were joking about how sad is it that our lives are to the point where we have nothing else to do but text about CCB stuff at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. So 
I don't think there's anybody in this organization that works harder than you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Next, and probably at least as hard a worker, is Sarah Harris. Sarah and I oftentimes start our days by talking at 6.30 in the morning. We will text throughout the day. We may even slip in another quick conversation midday. And then we're usually on the same Zoom calls in the evening and oftentimes even spend time talking after those. So um, I am so lucky to have you, Sarah, helping run this organization and between Lisa and Sarah reminding me of everything that I either don't know or have forgotten. So thank you to both of you. Uh, we have a great board. The rest of our officers and directors, I could go down name by name and thank every one of you guys for the work that you have done and put into CCB. Um, definitely all of our chapters and affiliates as well. Um, but I specifically, and, and committees, but I specifically want to mentor, mention our TOG, our Technical Operations Group. Those guys and, and gals, um, chaired and co-chaired by Vita Zavoli and Phil Obregon, um, these are, are folks that, uh, well, and I'm probably going to miss a name here, but um, Paul Patchy II, as I hear him saying, uh, Jeremy Johansson, Mike Keithley, and uh, I think the newest member of that group is Steve Bauer. Um, these guys meet every month and are uh, in communication between times. And they are really the, the group that makes our website work. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing how stuff just seems to magically appear. But I've sat in on some of their meetings and uh, can, can see the work that goes in behind the scenes to make things run. We were talking a little bit earlier in this convention about the... Um, I guess it was just earlier today, uh, about all of the stuff that went on the website just for this convention. The, the announcement, the uh, registration, the programs, and it was the technical operations group that put all of that up there and made that all work so that we could all seamlessly get registered and get our stuff for convention. So thank you guys. I can't thank you enough. Um, as I've mentioned, I'm so proud to be a member of the California Council of the Blind. All of the work that we do, um, whether it's advocacy on the local, the state, or the national level, um, we had a great, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, legislative session with, uh, with our national representatives in February. Uh, and very soon we'll be hearing from Jeff, Regina, and Stephanie. I'm sure they're going to talk a bit more about that, so I won't spend too much time here. But uh, it is just so amazing to be part of this organization. Um, next, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, several years ago, I believe we had a, I think it was a resolution that was actually passed calling to have a report on the previous year's resolutions. 
so that our members know what's going on. Resolutions is actually, I think, the first committee that I joined when I came onto this into this organization, and is uh, has a special place to me. And so I, I really like this part. But we want to make sure that not uh, or that we didn't pass a resolution and then just have it go away. So um, I'm going to take a couple of minutes here to recap last year's resolutions and uh, say a couple of words of what happened. So. Resolution 2021, number one, was on non-vocational services for persons with vision loss. That one called on us to uh, advocate for more funds as well as uh, send it to ACB. So the American Council of the Blind Board of Directors did adopt that resolution last year. And uh, I'm honestly not sure exactly what has happened with it on the national level, but on the state level, we have been represented, represented, sorry, I can't seem to speak right now. Um, we have been represented on a uh, state count or state committee for uh, seniors by Jeff Tom, who uh, I think he even admitted to me that maybe we haven't gotten as much done, but Without him there, we definitely wouldn't be having any piece of the pie. So thank you, Jeff, for representing us on there. 2020, number two, was on CCB convention sites. And that one called on CCB to make sure that we had somebody with multiple dis or, uh, with secondary disabilities, especially hearing loss to participate in site visits. And since we're having a virtual convention again this year, and uh, not sure yet exactly what's gonna happen next year, we have not done that yet, but it is definitely still there. And when we do have any site visits for a future convention, we'll definitely be looking back at this resolution and making sure that we do do that. Uh, number three was withdrawn by the author. And then resolution 2020, number four, uh, dealt with fraudulent service animals. And that called on CCB to support our affiliate Golden State Guide Dog Handlers, Inc. in an educational uh, program to, or, uh, yeah, program to, reach out and educate people, uh, the public, about fraudulent service animals. Um, I'm not aware that that has started yet, but I do know that there is legislation going on right now, and CCB is, is uh, active in that so, and has written a letter. So we are, uh, I think, at least moving forward with that resolution. Um, and then the others were the appreciation resolutions that we do, and those were sent to... Um, to any volunteers. Um, that is all of the resolutions we had last year. So this part of my report next year is going to be a significantly longer, shall we say, because as we will hear on Sunday, we have many more resolutions coming forward this year. So we're getting back to where we uh, once were with having many resolutions uh, then what do we have? Like 13 resolutions that we're going to hear. So uh, stay tuned for that.
moving into the future. I'm going to talk about this for just a couple of minutes, and then uh, we're going to probably have plenty of time for some grilling, or I mean questions and answers. Um, so one of the things that I really want to see us do, and we heard a little bit about it last night, is I think we should reach out and work with other other organizations for the blind. One of them is the NFB of California. And I think it's really important for us to have a good relationship with NFBC. Uh, Tim Elder and I have actually talked um, and uh, have some plans of what we can do going forward. Uh, look for a, a time where we're going to maybe have a panel that uh, pick a Saturday afternoon and have a panel that everybody can come listen to uh, a few of us from both organizations talk about what our organization does, how our organizations can work together and uh, have some, some questions and answers. Um, we want to work with organizations like uh, the Lighthouse for the Blind here in San Francisco, uh, as well as other uh places i'm sure we can find ways to work with uh, the braille institute in southern california as well as the uh, valley center for the blind in fresno and others across the state i think it's time that ccb really start actively looking for partnerships with those organizations so that uh, as i've said if we have a united voice we're definitely going to be able to be stronger and accomplish more uh, of course, funding is always one of the big things to do all of that. So one of the things that uh, we've actually talked about but haven't really gotten going yet is to uh, try to reach out to corporations and see what we can do to uh, have some of that fund development and uh, you know, do, work out some partnerships with these companies and uh, we have a lot of talent in this organization and so we want to be able to help provide a service from our side and be able to gain that uh, support from them um, you know it can, we can definitely work out a, a two-way street on there um, if anybody else has any ideas then uh, i'm always open to hear those and uh, there's a lot we can do that, again, no one person can think of it. So um, it takes all of us to, to toss ideas out there. Uh, the pl one pledge that I will make to folks is that we may not be able to do everything that, that is suggested, but if you have a suggestion, give it to me. And I am not going to just say no. We are going to at least investigate it and see if it can be done. Just because an idea didn't work 10 years ago or even two years ago doesn't mean that it can't work now. So please have those ideas and bring them forward. Um, we want to have the board of directors. We know there's several new policies we need to do, um, especially we need to look at things like cybersecurity. That's a big one right now. Um, so there's a lot of those kinds of things that we need to, you know, more, again, more on the ad administrative side that we need to work on. Again, of course, there's always new legislation. So um, I'm sure we'll 
that I'm sure. We will continue to be active in legislation. And again, you're going to hear about some of that probably coming up soon. And um, I know this was fairly, felt like this was fairly brief. And uh, but that is my report. And so at this time, I would like to take whatever time that uh, Lisa allots us and uh, try to answer any questions that folks have. So, um, do we have any, if there's anybody, please just raise your hand. And, uh, Diane, it looks like we'll you're recognize you. I need you unmuted, please, so you can. Okay. There, there we go. go. Yeah, we haven't been able to hear All you. Right. All right. Now we hear you. Thanks. I was muted all along. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I noticed, but I couldn't. I didn't figure that out. I thought you must sound just like Lisa. So, <laughs> do, we, do we have anybody that wants to wants to take any virtual shots at me and try to knock me into the dunk tank, or uh, am I going to avoid? No that hands today? raised so far. <laughs> wow. I don't hear anybody snoring, so maybe I didn't put anybody asleep. What was that? I said, no questions for Gabe. Come on, people. This is your chance. Ah, we got one. I, I know I wasn't that brilliant. Come on, folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we have... Okay. Wait a second. Okay. I'm, am I unmuted now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gabe, it's Penny. Hello, and Penny. I just want to thank, thank you guys. And thank you for that great report. Uh, I am excited. I love working on the board. And I can't wait to keep busy for the upcoming year. I'm just hoping. <laughs> Elections are great. I can't wait till they're done tonight. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, hey, I, and I've loved working I, with you guys. You and Sarah and uh, Lisa and everyone uh Linda Perel, everyone on the board, Pam, and everyone have been fantastic to me this year. Thank you. Well, thank you, Penny. And I'm just happy that I get to conduct elections and not have to actually participate in them tonight. And uh, <laughs> don't, don't worry, anybody, no matter what happens in elections, we'll, we'll find a way to keep you busy. Okay. Um, Thanks, Penny. Let's see. All right, we have Deborah Armstrong is next. You're allowed to unmute. Am I unmuted now? Yes. You are unmuted. I have a very small nit to pick. So I was um, wondering where all the pre-convention recordings had gone, and someone said, oh, they've been posted to the list. And I thought, what list? I'm on all these ACB lists on groups.io. I'm on about 14 of them. And I didn't know CCB had its own list. So I was like, wait a minute. So I think that information needs to be in the blind Californian because there's this whole raft of lists I didn't even know existed. So, yeah. Anyway, that's my nit to pick, and I'm back on mute. All right. Well, a couple of comments to that real quick here is one is – that's a good, great idea to, uh, and any of our public lists, we can, uh, actually, I think most of them, if you look in the blank California, it already tell, says how they can be subscribed to. 
Um, the CCBL is the, is the main list that we have for discussion. As far as the recordings of the, all the pre-convention stuff, I don't think those have been edited yet, but mm-hmm. as soon as they are edited, we will be posting the information of where you can get them and how you can get them. And, and so, we'll make sure that it gets onto the president's list so that uh, they can be shared with the various chapters. Uh, Larry, did I hear you? Yeah. Uh, I, so I think somebody else asked me that about two weeks ago. And I said, do you want the truthful answer or the diplomatic answer? And she said, no, tell me the truth. I said, those of us who are tech behind the scenes have had so much stuff going on. And I mean a ton of it. We, mm-hmm. we get the recordings, we save the recordings, and we haven't had a chance to touch the recordings right. for the most part since then. We just haven't had time. We have them We've all. Been scrambling just to collect them. <laughs> they're, yeah, yeah, they're all in one place. We've got them, and I think after the convention, you'll see them start to go up. But, but that's something that we're going to have to fix. But, but it's just been a matter of time, and we needed to get the convention working. So that's the truthful answer. But- but we can we can assure you that the recordings do exist and and they will be shared as soon as we can. Hi, Gabe. This is Dirk and Heart. And uh, uh, not the problem, but the challenge for us every year is more money and more members. And what are your uh, thoughts on acquiring more of each? Thanks. Well, I think I touched on a little bit of the of the funding. Uh, the The big thing is we want to try and find ways to be able to raise funds, uh, you know, whether it's partnerships, grants, etc., without having to to put it on our members. I mean, things like their the upcoming auction are are nice and they're fun. Um, yeah, but we want to find things that we can do that, that aren't necessarily uh, tapping our members. As far as getting more members, um, you know, we've talked about that a little bit. We, I, you know, I, I think uh, somebody earlier today said that the two areas we need to focus are the, the uh, next-gen folks and the, and the seniors. Um, we also... Uh, you know, now that we now we have a, our newest affiliate, the Inclusive Diversity of California, um, I think that they can definitely help us with uh, being able to reach populations that we haven't necessarily reached out to before. So, um, yeah, hopefully, that helps answer kind of both of those parts of your question, Dirk. Hey, Gabe, it's Margie. I, I'm a little confused, but hold on, I'm ducking I, now. <laughs> No, no, no. I actually have a big acknowledgement for you. Oh, wow. You know, Gabe, last year, as soon as you became president, we had a conversation about two things. And one turned out into the IDC. I remember that conversation. And, oh gosh, oh, the second was about the awards. And you made a commitment to me that you would put together a committee and that com- um, to address multicultural issues. And that committee turned into the IDC. So I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you for wherever you came up with the money. And if I need to help, I'll help. That our award recipients receive plaques. And I'm very thankful that you're that type of a president that will take a serious concern, and I can be extremely passionate about my concerns, 
and make a promise and follow through. I want to really acknowledge that. That's a special trait you have. Thank you. Thank you, Margie. Um, well, where we came up with the funding for the plaques was, uh, I think we still have your credit card number on file. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, we I, were, I changed we were... my card. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we were very lucky this year. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, uh, our sponsors were very generous with us this year. So, uh, that helps. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember our, our conversation, uh, right off. It, it may have even been before elections last year, if I remember right, Margie, that, uh, you were definitely concerned about the, the, um, multicultural issue. And, uh, and I, you're right. I made that commitment that I would establish that committee. I think you asked for a timeline. I told you by the end of July. So uh, yeah, we definitely got moving on that one. And, and uh, yeah, it's definitely exciting that it, it turned into an affiliate. So um, thank you for those words. That's very nice. Okay. Um, we have, we have, um, one five one zero four oh five should already be. Is that Dirk again? Well, uh, yeah, the hand is raised. Five ten four oh five. Yeah, the last three digits are four oh five. Yeah, prefix mm -hmm. in the area code is five ten. Well, that's me, but I have nothing to say except, Gabe, you're great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Dirk. Gabe, stop raising his hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, does everyone uh, need to stop raising Margie's hand, too? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you'll keep it real. I know, I know you'll give me a bad time about something. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, I'm running a little behind. Okay. Um, okay, Margie D, I need... She's already done hers. I, yes. So let's I'm go sorry. to... Um, we, have, we have about six minutes yeah. left for a few more comments. Yeah, we've okay. got lots of hands. Um, Nicolette. Nicolette Noyes. Nikki. Hi, this is Nikki. Gabe, um, I have to tell you this myself, even though I told the story earlier, but yesterday when you were talking about human wear and you said, oh, I don't know who they were, and then you played their, you may have heard it already, you played their thing, and yeah. I, I freaked out. I sent an email to Larry, and I called David, and I said, What's, are you going gonna to remove this from the tape so that they won't hear it? And then I found out that you guys had been good friends forever. Anyway, but I thought it was, it was you know, I'm always putting my foot in it, but the first time I ever talked to you, I had been, it was a 2005. My dad had passed away just after my birthday and my granddaughter's birthday. And I was trying to find a home for his reading edge. And um, it had cost him $5,000 and he wanted to save it for me. And I said, why are you bothering to save it for me? I don't need the money. You're living in my house rent free. So he finally agreed to buy it and it cost $5,000. Anyway, he had a lot of use out of it for about, oh, 10 or 15 years. So I was trying to give it away in 2005 and I had no luck, but then I called the connection and I talked to you. 
And within a month, we had mm. given it away to somebody, I believe his name was Lewis something in Southern California. So we shipped it off to him and he kept sending me notes every year saying how much he loved it. And you've been doing a wonderful job ever since. And I'm so happy that you are president. Keep up the good work. And um, I'm very happy that you did get here. That's it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nikki. Okay. Next is uh, Judy Wilkinson. I know her. Here I am. I got to tell you, I would. I think it takes amazing courage for the president after his speech to let people comment. I never had the courage to do that. And in all seriousness, I didn't have enough to say. <laughs> in all seriousness. I can say this was why I felt comfortable not serving a third term because I knew that the people following behind me, Gabe and Sarah, would do a terrific job. And they have borne that out so amazingly. Thank you, Gabe. Thanks, Judy. Okay, next it's is... Only, it's only because we have great people like you that to help set us up. Next is Peter Pardini. You're allowed to talk. Uh, hi, Gabe. Hey, Peter. Basically, I'm not sure if this is out of order or not, but I'll ask it anyway. Is CCP working on a resolution regarding the Uber situation where there's I'm just afraid that Uber's going to ignore us completely regarding this, um, the way they treat uh, blind persons with service, uh, with guide dogs. I'm sorry. We're out of time. Thank you for attending. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Peter, I, uh, I know that there are agreements on the books i know that there have been uh recent legal settlements uh beyond what i've read in the public domain i'm really not too familiar with what's going on at this point but we will definitely monitor that and uh honestly i'll i'll rely on our guide dog affiliate and on um our governmental affairs committee who uh the Current president of the of the uh, of GSGDHI sits on or is the co-chair of governmental affairs. So um, I'm sure when it is time for us to take any action, that we will definitely be involved. Thank you, Gabe. I know that I know that's nothing specific, but hopefully it. it I mean, we got to really just it. keep it on the forefront. Yep. I don't trust Uber as far as you can throw them. Okay, next is um, Linda. You're allowed to talk. Yes, it is I, Linda. It is, it is you. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> why are we here? Anyway, um, I have two things. <laughs> Uh, first of all, uh, picking up what Debbie said earlier, I think we will look at putting a 
an exhaustive list of every CCB-related email list in the Blind Californian once or twice a year, just so everybody can see that they're there, because we, we have quite a few of them at this point, and it mm-hmm. would be good to have them all in one place. So that's thing number one. And that's and coming thing from the chair two, of our publications committee, so between yes. the two of us, we'll make sure it happens. Yes, we will, yeah. I wanted to enlist your support in that. I knew I would get it. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, next is um, I have to say that I am a major supporter on of your more casual next gen leadership style especially in conducting meetings i never go to a meeting that you're leading thinking oh no i have another meeting so uh it's a pleasure to serve with you in these meetings oh thank you it is a pleasure serving with you as well. And looking at our time. So I thank you, Linda, for that. Go ahead, Gabe. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I was going to say, looking at our time, do we have time to maybe uh, end with a door prize and then move on to the next item on tonight's agenda? I think we can go ahead and end in a door prize. So you're now making me change my hat here. So hold on. Right. <laughs> I, I know you're presiding, but uh, you know, could, can I get that request of you, please? That one. Um, <laughs> okay, should I lower the hands that are still up? Yes. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and 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 is Lisa's doing that? If your hand, if you had a hand up and did not get your question raised, that or uh, we did not have time to get to your question, then my phone number and my email are all over. So please call me, email me, and I will do my darndest to either answer or get back to as soon as I can. So let's do a $25 Amazon gift card donated by CCB. And, oh, my wheel stopped. Hold on. There we go. Spin the wheel. Hey, there we and have to hear the, the music. The winner is Shelby Felter. All right, Shelby, I believe from the Long Beach chapter. So, congratulations. And uh, Lisa, with that, I will hand things back over to you. Well, thank you, Gabe, and thank you for that report. And Ironic, here we are, another Friday night, and me and you are talking CCB. <laughs> right? It's not like this never happens. <laughs> right. I think the only thing is the Burger King for the full trifecta, but we'll, we'll deal with just, just the Friday I knew night. I, should, I knew I should door dash something. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thanks, Gabe. Um, Thank so you, let's go ahead and I want to introduce our sil- silver level sponsor for our 2021 CCB virtual conference and convention, Energy Upgrade California. Hi, 
Hi, this is Yesenia Vargas with Energy Upgrade California. We're happy to be a partner of the California Council of the Blind's annual conference for 2021. And you can learn more about us at energyupgradeca.org. So thank you, EUC. And next up, according to my list, um, I want to introduce Jeff Tom, Stephanie Watts, and Regina Brink uh, to give us the governmental affairs report. Take it away, guys. Thank you, Lisa. So before we get into the report, I want to give a nod to our whole committee, who I won't name because there's a pretty big committee, and to the legislative liaisons to the chapters. You all do a really great job of keeping people informed uh, and, and doing a number of other things. And so I want to, uh, just a shout out to all of you. Um, this is going to be in one extremely important respect, the best governmental report, affairs report I've ever given. And the reason for that is that I'm able to share it with two incredibly gifted um, individuals who have been working with me this year. And I couldn't be happier to have that happen. Um, Stephanie Watts, who uh, I've known for several decades and who lives in Sacramento, and Regina Brink, who is my chapter president, the IDC president, and um, these these two women have, have been taking on more and more of a leadership role in governmental affairs, making my job easier, giving me a little more of a chance to focus on um, senior advocacy. And I just want to give a real shout out to them. And for that, I'm going to turn it over first to... Um, to Regina. Thank you, Jeff. And I want to thank you for being a good role model, a wonderful leader, very approachable. Even when we disagree passionately, you have been a great help and mentor to me. So I want to thank you. So I'm going to take care of or start off with the SSI SSP advocacy that's been going on. The pandemic has been a wake-up call for our state, emphasizing the gaps in many services and the realization that those on SSI, the working poor, and low-income populations encounter the most severe effects. The SSI coalition, and CCB is a member of that, has worked to make sure the health guidelines protect all people with disabilities when evaluating treatment, for COVID-19 and access to vaccines. Much, there's a lot more to do along the way and some in the state have found significant barriers. Many counties in the state have been responsive, but we will use this as a way to continue to advocate for better healthcare in all California counties. The Golden State Stimulus. It has been approved and for people on SSI. The disconnect is between SSI and the Social Security Administration. That might come as a shock to some of you. SB 86 was a bill that addressed the difficulties 
on the state side, but we're not sure what's actually happening on the federal side. So California has a plan A for issuing the stimulus of $600 by direct deposit with Social Security Administration, but they also have a plan B and they'll issue that through the state controller's office, either by a paper check or an electronic card. So governmental affairs will make sure you know as soon as we do what's happening. And we have requested some kind of tactile identifier if it is sent through the mail. And I'll keep pushing that in our meetings. We are currently advocating to restore the cuts made 11 years ago that reduced benefits by 10% or $80, and they were never restored, and to advocate for a meaningful cost of living from the state to mitigate the actual cost of living in California. So making sure the counties are keeping up with the state rules so people aren't mistakenly cut off benefits, and then to make sure the application process is more accessible to SSI recipients or potential recipients. And there's an idea to ask the state to provide representation to get people through the process. It's something the state has done and can do. And we also want the state to clarify the rules because right now the stimulus checks from the federal government or the state will not count against you in the month you get them as income, but they might count against you as a resource. So if and when you get them, make sure to currently spend down below the $2,000 limit allowed in the bank. People have been cut off for having over that amount. So we want to change this so they are exempted as our fire and other disaster relief programs. The good news is we have a very receptive chair in the Budget and Finance Committee right now. Her name is Nancy Skinner in the Senate. And she has been a valuable ally. There'll be an opportunity to share personal stories from SSI recipients. And it's really important when we advocate in front of the legislature. We'll make every opportunity to make it accessible for you. Those without computers will definitely make sure your stories can be heard. It's going to be very important in our future advocacy. And I'll turn it back over to you, Jeff. Okay, I'm going to introduce uh, I'm going to introduce Stephanie to talk about the legislative seminar. Uh, Stephanie, you need to unmute. Am I unmuted now? Now you're good. Thank you. Okay. Well, that's one way to stop me from talking. (laughs) Because when I start, I sometimes don't stop. Uh, Good evening, everyone. And thank you, Jeff, for your kind words. Um, I'm pleased and privileged to uh, serve on the Governmental Affairs Committee alongside Jeff and Regina. I've learned a lot from both of them this uh, past year. And... um, Hopefully, I will um, continue to to be of value to you. And so, t- 
Tonight, I'm going to just bring you briefly uh, some information about our governmental affairs, Hill visits, legislative imperatives, and um, the uh, low-cost broadband options and what that actually means. And so we had three legislative imperatives and um, the order that they are listed in, I'm, I'm taking the order that was given to us back in February by ACB. So the first is securing independence for seniors and Medicare beneficiaries. Um, this imperative, imperative calls on Congress to reintroduce the Medicare demonstration of coverage for low vision devices act which would measure the various costs and benefits of removing the Medicare eyeglass exclusion. And this is, I'm, I'm pleased to say, was bipartisan legislation. And, you know, ideally, it's a, a good approach to finding workable solutions that help seniors age in place. And that's very important. Um, imperative number two, this is the known as the Disability Access to Transportation Act, AKA the Data Act. And so among other things, this particular act calls for the reintroduction of inclusion of the uh, uh, Data Act. Uh, the Data Act would provide greater flexibility in paratransit services to increase the independence and economic, economic opportunities of disabled passengers. They would also increase accessibility for pedestrian infrastructure, kind of alluding back to something that was said earlier uh, about um, um, audible signals. Uh, and of course, modernize the U.S. Department of Transportation complaint process for consumers with disabilities. That in itself is probably another panel discussions elsewhere. So uh, I'm pleased to say there is an update on the data at on March 10th of this year, representatives Jim Langevin and Dina Titus reintroduced the act uh, and it is now, for those who wish to track it, it is now known as HR 1697. Again, HR 1697 in Congress. Um, the bill was originally introduced in the 116th Congress last year uh, in the House. And hang on here, one second here. Introduced in by Congress and included in. House Surface Transportation Legislation uh, in July, uh, in 2020. So I believe our hard work is paying off. And um, I'm again, pleased to report that there's some movement on that. And the last imperative uh, is a, a personal near and dear to me. Um, it is imperative number three, which is the Exercise and Fitness for All Act. Um, this imperative, again, calls for the reintroduction of the act, and it would require exercise and fitness facilities to provide a base level 
you know, of access um, for those of us with disabilities and not just access, but access to both uh, access to equipment as well as programs. So it's one thing to just be able to say that equipment is brailled. It's another thing to say we can actually access the programs. And so that concludes the three imperatives and now on to the Hill Visit Report. So this year here in California, uh, obviously we had virtual visits um, that took place over three-day period between February 24th and 26th. Um, there maybe were some teams that met with Congress members after that, but the actual legislative seminar was the uh, few days and then the the planned visits were 24th through 26th. So here in California, again, we have the largest delegation, I believe. Uh, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we have 55 Congress members. Um, we have 16 teams con comprised of 33, 33 CCB members uh, in our delegation that were assigned to cover our Congress. With few exceptions, all the teams were able to meet with the Congress members. That was a little bit different in terms of a challenge this year due to scheduling. Um, we had to adjust on the fly. But I, again, I'm pleased to say that our teams were able, for the most part, to meet with their Congress members. Um, again, I'm pleased to say this year marks the highest number of CCB members participating in the annual event. Now, you know, people might say, well, I mean, highest number of people participated, participated virtually, but I want to highlight the highest number because the mere fact that we had to participate virtually opened it up to a lot of individuals across the state. So thank you and kudos to you out there who did participate. Uh, I apologize for not having your names handy to read them off individually, but you know who you are, and we're pleased to um, have served alongside you. And finally, I will touch briefly on uh, what is known as the low-cost broadband um, initiative. What is it, <clears throat> and how do you access it? Well, here in California, uh, I would actually uh, Nationwide, this resulted out of a need for providing internet services to individuals who are um, disabled, as well as those who can't afford the internet. So obviously, we are, those of us in this organization who are blind or low vision, um, meet one prong of that, and maybe two, maybe you just can't afford it for various reasons. So here in California, the California Foundation for Independent Living uh, Centers, uh, CFILC, they created the Digital Access Project, known as DAP. And so they managed the program, the Digital Access Project, rather. Um, the project, essentially, in a nutshell, um, is prepared to assist those who are eligible 
with getting internet service. And the three primary internet services providers that we are familiar with are Comcast, AT&T, and Cox. Cox is down in Southern California. There may be others, but those are the three that are most prominent. And so, uh, again, the main point of all of this is to enable us, those of us who are eligible to um, receive assistance with uh, getting access to the internet. And I emphasize that in closing to say that you might know you're in an area served by Comcast or AT&T, for example. Uh, but the counsel here is to reach out to CFILC. And the reason being is they know and they are very well aware of the best strategies for helping you get your internet service. So again, I emphasize, please do reach out to them. Uh, the CFILC number to call is 800-390-2699. Again, 800-290, I'm sorry, I apologize, 800-390-2699. You call them and you just let them know, hey, I'm interested in low-cost uh, low broadband, low-cost internet service. They'll know exactly what you're talking about and um, forward your call on to the appropriate individuals. And there is a website for those who wish to take this information down. The website address is www.digitalaccessproject, all together, lowercase, D-I-G-I-T-A-L-A-C-C-E-S-S-P-R-O-J-E-C-T.org. And um, you can go on the site, read about the project, actually fill out a form, and that will track you into the individuals at CFILC who will respond to you. Or, of course, you can call the number one more time, 800-390-2699. And thank you again. Um, I'm just, just pleased to be here this evening and to give you this report. and. Uh, Again, thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie, for that very comprehensive report. So I'm going to go over a few of the bills. Uh, I'll do our CC bill, CCB bill last. So let me go over some bills that we have that we that are supporting this year or opposing in the state legislature. AB 468 is a bill that is sponsored by um, Guide Dogs for the Blind. I happen to have a Guide Dogs for the Blind shirt on, by the way, at the moment, which all my fellow cane users can, you know, virtually have a thumbs down if they like. But I know my wife is happy about it. Um, and this is a bill that uh, these two organizations have um, sponsored, AB 468. It um, would put various restrictions on um, what uh, sellers of of emotional support animals and emotional support paraphernalia could say and do with respect to, you know, talking about their animals as service animals because they want to make sure that people know what they are and what they are not, and they are not service animals. It would also put restrictions on certificates um, that are issued by um, – medical professionals 
to folks that are applying for these certificates. They couldn't just, you know, automatically send out the certificate to anybody who asked for one. Um, unfortunately, California being a state that tends to uh, frown on enacting crimes uh, oftentimes, um, the criminal provisions were taken out um, after the ACLU opposed the bill, but you can't have everything. Uh, however, the bill is moving along, and we are certainly along with G- GS uh, GDI supporting it. Um, G- I just I did that wrong. Sorry, Alice. Golden State Guide Dog Handlers Inc. Incorporated. So anyway, um, okay. AB 580 is a bill that would have um, would have take potentially removed all of the members with vision loss and other disabilities from various disaster assistance advisory committees and replaced them with um, individuals from other low-income populations. Um, But CCB, along with the uh, Association of um, State Employees, uh, we got together and went to the author and said, hey, we don't you know, we don't, we understand your need to put other low income folks on here, but we don't want to see our folks taken off. So we got amendments to say that we would still have a majority of people with disabilities, including people with vision loss on these committees. And so we've taken away our opposition. Um, SB 692 was a bill that um, had a uh, education bill, special education funding priority that would have had a set a funding priority for kids being in class at least 80% of the day. And that priority could have jeopardized um, funding, not only for, um, you know, blind kids in, in general, but specifically it would have reduced, could have reduced the incentive to send kids to CSB that needed it. And so we our community and the deaf community um, got together, um, including uh, representatives from, you know, the, the special education community, NFB and ourselves. And we got amendments that basically remove our opposition and don't jeopardize our funding. Um, that bill is so complicated now. I don't know what in the world it does, but, you know, people, people in education have their own, um, you know, jargon that I totally don't understand. Uh, and maybe I don't want to ever understand it. But anyway, it doesn't hurt us anymore. And that's the only thing that matters. Um, so finally, let me get to AB 371. And that is a CCB sponsored bill. We all know the problems that uh, uh, electronic scooters and similar e-devices present. People, you know, colliding with them, people falling over them when the, the, the renders of these vehicles leave them in the sidewalk. So we introduced a bill that did two things, one of which uh, no one's objected to, and that is to have braille and tactile signage so we can identify the scooter company that to which the it has been rented if we fall over one. But the second one the industry absolutely hates, and that is there's currently insurance that they have to have on these uh, vehicles starting in January of 22, but the insurance would not apply even to negligence to the to the to a pedestrian it would apply 
in certain situations to the user, the operator of the scooter, but not to us. Um, the industry is adamantly against it. They don't want to work with us. We have taken amendments once, and we're now taking more amendments. We've found, first they said, well, there's no insurers that will ever do this, so how do you expect us to do it? Well, now, apparently, just this week, it just this is something that just came out um, today, interestingly enough. Um, they have found insurers in uh, out of state, I believe, who will write this type of insurance, which will even make the industry more of a laughing stock. And so we're taking more amendments to make sure that this insurance is, will get written. And we're going to um, delay the insurance by six months because it's going to take an additional six months time to get it, get all the pieces in place. You can't have everything 100%. But I have to tell you, in our first hearing we had, the legislators are like, telling us, you need to work with the opposition. You know, you got to really reach out. In our second hearing, they were like, you know, to the industry, you guys aren't doing anything. And if you don't get your act together, then it's going to be all on you. So there was a total shift um, among, and even the, the Republicans who had abstained the first time came around and voted for us the second time. So, um, I think we're, we're moving along really well. Uh, I want to, uh, you know, urge people when they see a hearing advertised to get on and support us. We shouldn't have any problems getting through the assembly, but then we have to move over to the Senate. So the battle is not won yet. We can use any stories that people have. And this is really a precedent setting, um, piece of legislation, insurance. That, that scooters companies will have to have that that will result in coverage when the negligence of the not only the potentially of the company but even more importantly and more likely of the operator of the scooter who you know goes out and gets drunk and leaves the thing in the in the middle of the sidewalk or just doesn't care and leaves it in the middle of the sidewalk so you know um we need your help, but we're going to get it done, and the rest of the country may hopefully can follow suit. So with that, we're going to finish um, tonight's report with a little bit of um, uh, some uh, of a summary on the Medi-Cal program. And to start, I'm going to turn it over to Regina. Thank you, Jeff. I'll try to make this brief. Open enrollment for Medi-Cal is now year-round. You can enroll in or change health plans all year round. People with dual plus, and that means you have Medicare and Medi-Cal, can enroll for the first three quarters of the year under a special enrollment provision. That's an increase. California is increasing its Medi-Cal income eligibility limits to 138% of the federal poverty level. So what this means is For an individual, it's going from $1,294 to $1,468. And for a couple, it's moving from $1,747 to $1,983. And that hope will catch more people. Uh, People are currently receiving Medi-Cal who have a share of costs 
may now be eligible for free Medi-Cal. And the California Department of Healthcare Services sent a letter to people who may be qualified for that. So if you didn't get one, contact a caseworker and ask about it. Additionally, California will stop flipping Medi-Cal recipients between free and share of cost Medi-Cal based on who is paying the Medicare Part B premium. This problem has existed for a long time and it can cause significant disruptions in healthcare. So the new rule will allow the county welfare departments to deduct the same amount as the Part B premium, regardless of whether the recipient is currently paying it or the state is paying it as a benefit of free Medi-Cal. So some recipients may still have to pay an initial premium or an ongoing premium, depending on their situation in Part B. However, once a person is eligible for Medi-Cal, the person will continue to be eligible for free Medi-Cal. It may take some time for counties to redetermine eligibility based on these rules. All changes should be retroactive to December 1st, 2020, if the person is found eligible. Okay, back to you, Jeff. Okay, so thank you. I'm going to end with um, just a little discussion of what has become uh, a, a definite passion for me because I'm old. And that is um, services for uh, all adults, really, but primarily seniors, because that's who most people are with vision loss, seniors with vision loss um, and Medi-Cal. They're currently not covered except in rare instances, such as occupational therapy. The whole array of vision rehabilitation services, which is covered by the that's you know slim amount of money that the older individuals who are blind program represents um, needs to be covered under Medi-Cal, and this has been a real fight that CCB has taken on. Uh, we are not getting as far as we need to get. We need more voices among the advocates. We especially need more voices among the provider community that that has more resources and. And I am somewhat cynical about um, this administration's um, willingness to, you know, move the ball along. But I just today I came across another opportunity, and I, which I've sent out to this list, to a couple of our lists, and I hope people will try and take advantage of it. And if they want to do so, just contact me. Monday, the next Monday and Thursday, there are going to be hearings on this state's Older Americans Act plan and for, for the next few years. This gives us another opportunity to emphasize the need for more services to low-income Californians with vision loss, like technology training and orientation and mobility and uh, peer support and daily living skills. I could go on and on. So if you're interested in testifying or submitting comments, uh, talk to me about it. As soon as this convention's over, I'm going to be um, studying what I need to do in order to make those comments next week on my, on myself. But, you know, one person's comments are, are really unimportant, but a hundred people commenting can really make a difference. 
So with that, I want to, again, thank um, Regina and Stephanie for all their hard work and for challenging me because that's what keeps me uh, fresh and, and, and younger and better and um, for the great job they're doing. And I want to thank all of you for um, giving the input that you do um, on all of what CCB is trying to do. So I think we're, I don't even know if we have any time for questions. I think we're about out, but I'll leave it up to Lisa. Um, I think we are already past our time. So um, why don't we move on and maybe right before we end, if we have time for questions, we can open it back up. Are you good with that, Jeff? Sure. So that was a very informational report. Thank you so much, Jeff, Stephanie, and Regina. Um, now I want to introduce a message from our silver sponsor, Democracy Live. Hello, my name is Brian Finney. I'm president of Democracy Live. I want to thank the California Council of the Blind to allow us to help support the Council of the Blind virtual convention in 2021. Democracy Live is the leading provider of accessible at-home voting technologies and accessible online technologies throughout the state of California and serving 25 other states throughout the country. If you want to get a hold of Democracy Live, feel free to reach out to us at democracylive.com or info at democracylive.com. We look forward to sponsoring your convention and we hope you enjoy the 21 convention. Thank you, Democracy Live. And now on to the reason why we are here today I'm going to hand it over to Gabe uh, so that we can begin our CCB Board of Directors elections. Gabe, you ready? Uh, I apologize for not having your names handy to read them off individually, but you know who you 